and welcome to the 27th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them about their starting industry, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developers themselves, and in the second half, we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Heavy Bullets. Terry, introduce yourself, sir. Hey, what's up? Um, I'm happy to be here. I'm here in Sao Paulo, and uh, I haven't been making games for too long, so I'm definitely excited about you know the interest in releasing my game. It's not, not yet fully released. I'm all, almost there, so it's been really cool. It's on the cusp, isn't it? It's an early access at the moment. So uh, you've answered yeah. the first question excellently well. Who are you? Yeah. So you're, you're Terry Vellman. You're, uh, you're making, uh, you made this game, Heavy Bullets. Yeah, so, like I, I work as an illustrator and like graphic designer for the oh. last few years. And uh, recently I've been working from home and you know, just freelancing. And that kind of opened up the, the possibility to make games. I, I had a lot of free time and... I was seeing what other people were doing, and it just seemed possible. So, you know, I just decided to try it, and it's been working out really well. Yeah, um, I think the barrier of entry to making video games has dropped significantly, which seems to lead on to my first question. How did you make your start? So you found had a lot of free time on your hands for for whatever reason, and you decided to actually do the thing most of us talk about, actually make a video game. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I had to learn a lot of stuff, but some... Especially the design part, it's something that I've I've already played with before because I used to do like flash animations and small interactive stuff. Nothing too complex, but he like kind of gave me a foundation to work on. I, I just started playing with Unity because Flash wasn't cutting it, you know, and just learning and the 3D stuff and the, it's a lot of work and it was really hard at first because of. Uh, just like a different language that I was used to dealing with. But, uh, you know, internet, Google, YouTube has tons of tutorials and they just skip at it and it's been great. Still figuring stuff out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> all the time, all the time. You know, I don't think I'll ever stop for when you're making games, just beating your head against the wall every now and then. But it's, it's fun. It's, Once you get past it, it's fun. It's hard um, yeah. to, I think people underestimate. Well, maybe they don't. But the reason is it's all mediums, is it? It's not just visual. It's yeah. animation. It's lighting. It's also creating something that people would want to even interact with, let alone yeah. make it interactive. I mean, yes, you can make anything interactive, but would you want to? You know, And giving yeah. that, that sense of player feedback, you know, that, that reward for doing, doing something really dumb uh, or potentially risky, is you know you actually reward them in kind uh, at least that's one way of doing things there's many other ways of rewarding the player sure. for their successes yeah. and indeed the punishing for the player for their for not behaving themselves sure. um but uh, yeah I, it's, I can't help but congratulate you on something that's releasing something or on the brink of releasing something that is very very unique um, but um, I think yeah, I'm anyway. I'm especially excited because I really wasn't expecting it to get this far with the game. I I really wanted to keep it small, and it is a small game. But uh, like the the feedback that I've been getting and all the players and stuff, it's been really cool. I wasn't expecting. I, I was expecting a few years more learning before I got to this point. So it's been awesome for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, the first time I encountered it was on Giant Bombs. They did, you know, I think it oh, was, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was Patrick, um, you should be playing. It was like a wor- wor- yeah. worth reading, yeah, he yeah. posted about Worth playing, people. that's right, yeah. worth playing. And it was one of the early, early, early demos of the game. And mm-hmm. uh, he was having such a blast with it. And I thought, well, this this looks like right up my street. But we could delve into that later on in the show before we go too okay. much into So you you... you Basically, it's your first title. That is amazing. We've had a few developers on the show. But this is their first game, and they're all very excited, like you could sell. So yeah. you're not alone. I'm sure you know this by now, anyway. Yeah, I made some tiny stuff, you know, but nothing significant. Yeah, and definitely nothing that I spent so much time with. I don't think I ever spent this much time on anything in my life, like a single project. It's always been like a month, maybe a couple months, and then it's over. But this game is just well, gaming is making games. You just so much time that you put into. And you get almost so so little time back as an experience. Mm. Like you put a whole month and the player just plays for like a few minutes. Yeah. But it's, it's definitely cool. It's, it's similar to animation that you spend so much time on just like a, a second or a minute of animation. So it's cool. Mm. But I, it's, I, I like that uh, the you mentioned this, that it's like a bunch of different things that you have to deal with. Like the art and the code and then the presentation and everything. And I think that that helps actually keep it interesting throughout the project, right? Yeah. Because you, you got to deal with different things and learn different stuff. I mean, I, I, I still don't know how to code. I kind of use Playmaker, which is like a visual scripting tool, just because I spent so much time with that and got nowhere. But, you know, these days, like you said, you can find different tools that help you out. But uh, it keeps it kind of fun as you, as you progress through the development, for sure. Awesome. Um. It's a very challenging medium to to get hold of. That's what I was trying to make clear to you. Was like you don't know that already is how it encompasses all forms of art or yeah. expression. Should we say a, art? It's all forms yeah. of expression yeah. in one thing. And so when I hear people struggling with the concept of video games being art, I'm thinking, really? <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's yeah. all expressions, all of them which you happen to be able to interact with as well. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's just so... I don't want to get into that argument with you. Uh, lucky, oh, yeah. We're lucky we're going to have that discussion. But uh, that's what makes me, you know, some of the best games I'm so enthralled by when when it just shows someone's um, really thrown themselves into um, creating something and is willing to stand by their work and say, this is me, this is what I've done, have fun with it or not, yeah. as the case may be, you know. And uh, that's what, you know, it's what this show's about. It gives you that chance to to stand by what you've done and say, this is, what, you know, check it out. I'm, yeah. You know, this is great. I think it's amazing. And, uh, you know, I hope you do too, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's what, when I see people at the expos, it's exactly what they're doing. They're standing by their booth with their game going, this, I, I made this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just so cool. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's one of the reasons I go to them. But so, moving on to the next sort of questions, you said you, you're an artist and illustrator. So, what do what, what do you think are your biggest influences are? And, and it can be anything, by the way. It can be, um, you know, your dog if you have one, or uh, or a person, or a thing, or a, a a book you read many years ago that you keep on going back to. What, what do you think is the thing that influences you the most as a game creator 
Um, I always been interested in DIY stuff, just people who make things by themselves, maybe not backed by like a large studio and just figure stuff out. And it kind of has this essence that you kind of lose when you you have a huge team and everything. But not just in games, just like in comics and music. I'm I'm always I've always been interested in that part of it. You know, even if it's not as good as other stuff, I still kind of see a charm in it and I enjoy it. And I've been kind of trying to be productive and looking at those type of artists or, or producers or whatever. So those, definitely an influence. Those sort of Renaissance people who can actually, you know, almost do everything rather than having an army of people working. It's not, not really like a multitask type of thing. It's just a like a guy who makes comics and he just does it by himself and figures yeah. out Oh, Even okay. if it's like a small print and he just hustles it by himself, you know, That's that type of thing. And it doesn't really follow like a market or things like that. Yeah, but it, it, you definitely feel that those people just strike on their own and just say, look, I, I can do this myself within reason. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Cool. So that's, that's your influence. The actual act of creating, the, the act of creation is yeah, I mean, I, I I like all all of this stuff. I like big video games, small, medium video games, and yeah, yeah. you know, big movies, small movies. But yeah. I like the inspiration when I'm working definitely comes from the small guys. Sure. So, who do you most admire in the industry, video game industry? That is, it can be a company or a person, or some developers and asked them this. They say, oh, I can't really answer that honestly um, because it changes from day to day. But yeah. have you got any one particular or group or? Well, there's a lot of people that I like, and a lot of the younger guys, well, like my age or even younger than me, maybe a bit older, but the the new school, I mean, there's a lot of people I like and stuff, but it's hard to pick one out or a couple. But, yeah. you know, from, from my childhood, you know, Tim Schafer was, like, huge. I was such a huge fan of him, and I love that he's still making games, and I love I like what he says about games and, you know, the market and stuff, so definitely maybe that guy for sure. Yeah, he's a very, very clever, very clever, very witty man. Um, yeah. Very sharp. I remember him. Yeah. I saw a video of him doing solving a Rubik's Cube while someone was reading the list out of, of I think it was, uh, uh, yeah, that's right, ro- uh, bands that were appearing in, um, oh God, that band that they gave me play, oh, oh, made, I can't remember yeah. what it's called now. But uh, yeah, yeah, and she was just she was solving the Rubik's Cube within about a minute and a half or something. It was ridiculous. Right. It's just, uh, it just a silly stunt that he pulled, but only he could do it with this kind of Tim Schafer flair. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's been at it for so long and he still, still seems really positive about the creative part of it, you know, and that's inspiring as well. And then, you know, I've, Playing his games since I was a kid, and I, I love his writing. That that doesn't hurt, you know. <laughs> I love that stuff. That was it, brutal legend. So everyone's oh, screaming, legend, right, right. Everyone's screaming down their mark their iPods now, going, "It's brutal legend." I've now remembered. You can stop <laughs> screaming now. Don't yeah. worry, the, the police won't come and get you and drag you off the train. Everything's fine. Breathe. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so. That's, that's a good choice. Um, Brutal Legend. I love the title screen from that game. It's probably yes, like my, fantastic. one of my favorite title screens of all time, probably. Yeah. Um, sadly, not so much the game itself. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like how it starts. It starts awesome. It starts well, and then it degenerates into this weird RTS game that no one wanted to play. Um, <laughs> anyway, speaking of games we wanted to play, so you look, 
my segue skills are phenomenal. Although I just mentioned it's a segue, so it's no longer a segue. What are you playing right now? What games are you playing right now? And it can be anything, um, by the way. It can be tabletop too, because you know I do that too. So. Well, uh, I, I've been playing Spelunky a lot because my my girlfriend got addicted to it, so we keep playing together, and I just watch her play. It's been a lot of fun. But I've been playing Spelunky for so long, I don't think it even counts anymore. And I started playing Metal Gear Rising out of nowhere because I picked it up. Oh, and I've been I'm enjoying it, but I'm just starting. I haven't really played that much of it. Right. It definitely looks like I'll enjoy it. I like the, I, I really like uh, these action games that that feel good. You know, like uh, Vanquish. I was really into Vanquish, and you know some of these fighters. And I haven't played them for a while, so I, I'm excited for it. Yeah, Sometimes but- I take take a few breaks from genres, and then when you go back to it, you just go for the the best stuff. That's cool. Vanquish for me is definitely a, feels like a critic's darling. Everyone in the industry, and um, you know that very. Very narrow group of people who read NeoGAF, etc. Oh yeah, love Vanquish. They go, oh, the game's awesome! Like it really, it really was good, but it didn't sell. It, oh, it sad. didn't. No, it, it didn't oh. sell. Sad. But um, mm. yeah, maybe maybe there'll be a spiritual sequel to it. But uh, yeah, sadly, it it didn't push out the units. But I hear. Yeah, I love that one. What, what are you playing Spelunky on? Um, PC. PC. Just on on Steam, yeah. Yeah, I know lots of people have uh, started playing it a lot on the Vita because it was quite oh, right. muting a lot. It's a uh, it's a pretty cool game on the Vita, but uh, I don't have a Vita yet. But uh, once I pick it up, I'll definitely play Spelunky. Yeah, yeah, sounds like a good match. It is. It is. It, it it's nice compact screen that pops yeah. out at you, and uh, it really allows you to get drawn into the action. Really, and uh, but it's a very methodical, uh, methodical game, which. Um, Kind of leads on yeah. to our subject of of tonight's show or today's show or this week's show, whatever, is um, heavy bullets. So, tell us, Terry, what is Heavy Bullets? Give us the, the description, pitch, whatever you want to call it. What is this uh, game? All right, so FPS, um, randomized levels, and uh, it kind of... I, I've been avoiding calling it a roguelike, but, you know, it, it gets the point across. It's a roguelike influenced FPS, and it's difficult in the way a lot of these new games have been. It's influenced by that, and it's meant to be like really replayable and it has a couple things that are unique to it like uh the the, the system with the bullets that you shoot 
you have a revolver, you slide the game with six bullets. And once you shoot, you got to go and pick your bullet back up and reload into the gun. <laughs> that kind of creates a different gameplay strategy situations, you know, while you're playing. You can't, like, keep shooting at something that's really far away and run out of bullets and you're screwed. But uh, other stuff, you have, like, a banking system where you can put some money. This is, like, the the part of the game that you... Because when you die, it's permadeath, right? So you start over. This is nothing new anymore. But uh, the money that you put in the bank, uh, you can withdraw it and spend it on yourself or an item. So you kind of get a, uh, some improvements for your next run and try to beat the game. And uh, I just kind of went a bit crazy with the visuals. I just try, try to play around with colors a lot and just simple, low poly. Because I've been just learning 3D and it's not... It's very time consuming and, and kind of hard, easy to get wrong. And I just keep it tight and, and small, you know. So I just went with that. It's like a psych, psychedelic cave um, place. <laughs> kind of yeah. hard to describe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very claustrophobic, actually, when you're marching through one area to the other. Um, yeah. It's pretty much just corridors and not, not that much open space. And it's very horizontal, everything. Mm. Sure. There's a lot of limitations that I made when I started making the game just because I was learning it, you know, and it really helped me focus on how the game felt, and it's what I, I try to keep it to the initial feeling that I had when I made the game. If you create boundaries, it doesn't mean you're restricting yourself. You're actually making us... It, it energizes the creative juices because you say, I can't do that. I can't yeah. do that because that goes beyond the, the realms of the... But I can do this. I'm going to exploit this to the the maximum and you get more out of it the whole yeah. maximum of less is more is always typically true <laughs> so yeah. you know it's, it's okay to be minimalist yeah minimalist. i don't know how how other people are with this but i like i have an idea for a game in my head and in my head everything seems like it's really clear but then when i sit down and get it on paper or on the computer i just kind of I don't know what to do. I kind of freeze. I don't know where to start. I don't know where to go. And when I start making these limitations, it kind of helps, you know, you kind of just, okay, so I have these limitations. That's a problem and I'll fix it with this solution, whatever. You start working and start, you know, iterating and, and making it feel good. That's what worked for me. So that's definitely important. Just keep it, you know, tight. Yeah. So, which is something I, I just, I see everyone saying this, right? Just, get your scope into something that you can make. And it's, I think it really, really makes the game a better game because you just focus on, on a few things instead of so many things, you know? Sure. And what I noticed, you already mentioned it earlier on, you know, your uh, answer to my first question. Um, the actions of the player have a very strict economy placed upon them. That's the way I described it. It's, it's a bit ponzi mm-hmm. way. But what I'm saying is that Every action that a player does, with the exclusion of moving, um, has a restriction placed upon it. How did this come about? Was this always the intention for this game? For you were giving an example that, I mean, uh, to the listeners, every time you reload the gun, you don't reload all the bullets in the gun, at least not initially. You only yeah. reload one bullet at a time. And those bullets had to be collected after you shot them. Right. So I think how does this come about? Why? 
I think it's just random ideas that you try and you see how it feels in the game. And the things that don't work, you leave out. And the things that work, you just keep building upon it. I There's really no, like, large picture that I, I imagined before so trying this stuff. You just I have a bunch of sketches. And I made the, the revolver. Because initially I was trying to make, like, a bow and arrow game. That makes more sense, right? You pick up the arrows back. But I was oh, just right, like... Yeah. I was like, I'm just... Just why? I I don't have to make it realistic. You know, I can do whatever <laughs> I want. <laughs> so I made the revolver. Yeah. And it just, just worked. You know, it, looks like a, it looks like one of those massive magnum, like, sort of yeah. hand cannon things. It's huge. Yeah. It is huge. The, done. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And then all the limitations, I just, when I'm playing games, I, I always find that the choices... I'm not saying it's what makes it fun, but it's a lot of times it, it makes it fun. You know, it helps or it's interesting. So for everything, like the items and the upgrades and the stuff that you can buy in the vending machines, it's always about like that choice and the strategy that you want to try. Because you, you kind of learn the game and you learn the systems and, you know, you're getting better at the feeling how how the enemies move and everything. And then you got to, on top of that, find these items that you don't really know how they work and you got to make the choice about what you're going to do to survive. I think that makes the game interesting. You know? Yes. And if, if, you just, if you just let everyone just pick up all the items and try everything at the same time, it would just, I don't know, you just kind of not make it like this item that you found that special is just another thing. You might not even look at it. Yeah, because the game demands, demands repeat play. You, you will not yeah. finish this in two or three turns. No, no. Um, yeah. the, the save state's non-existent. Well, it is kind of, but you have to earn it. Um, there's littered throughout the levels. There's little vending machines that offer mm-hmm. various things, um, health bonuses or just health in the period, um, shields, um, bullets, um, insurance. <laughs> Health yeah, insurance. there's life insurance. Life insurance. That type of thing. Yeah, yeah. and there's also, um, what else? There's um, inheritance. <laughs> from yeah, you, previous you, you can buy like different upgrades, some bombs. Yeah. You got this item, it's like a last wheel that if you carry around, you know, yeah. you can start the game with all your bullets back and your money. You don't yeah. really, you just lose the progress, not everything that you picked up. That's right. Yeah. So therefore, you can get further, allegedly. It's really one of those games that, like, once you learn it and you get good at it, like, the first two levels, you're just going to blow through. And, it like, the challenge becomes a different challenge. And it's it more is. about, I think, the player learning than the items that he's saving for later and stuff. Although the money in the bank really helps yeah. <laughs> make the game easy. So Heavy Bullet seems to punish those who adopt a more, more haste, less speed approach to playing the game. Right. How did this come about? Why did you force? Why do you force the player to relive, relive everything? Because games traditionally don't, you know, are, are the other way around. You you're rewarded for running around like a crazy person, um, right. whereas in this game, it's very slow and deliberate. And if you do charge around without looking very closely at everything, you're gonna get hurt. How did yeah, that come yeah. about? Well, it's the way that I like playing these games. Every FPS, I kind of go for the rifle that I can pick my shots and position myself. It's just the way I like to play. And when I started making the game, I kind of made the systems work around this. But I also, I like that, like, I plan on having leaderboards. 
and uh, you know, uh, okay. like one that you can't withdraw money from the bank, and if you beat the game, you get like a best score. So the, this leaderboard is based on the time. So the faster you beat the game, um, the, the higher up you are on the leaderboard. So this means that the guy who runs, he makes the game harder. So in, I think that makes it kind of fun. You know, you got to try to get the best time, but rushing, it just means that you got to have be better at the game because, you, you know, it's harder because everything starts shooting at you and running at you and you're not really yeah. being that strategic. So I think that that was a fun balance and I just went with it, you know. But mostly because it's just felt the way that I like to play the games and, you know, just focus on something. Like I said, you know, just focus on, on some things, not try to get everything right, you know. So... Heavy Bullets has a very stark visual style, if I may say. There might be another word to describe it, but it's very in your face. This is it. Yeah. There's no yeah. textures aren't here really. Well, there are. Mm. No, they're not. This is basically <clears throat> colours and shapes and forms. Um, but yeah. it does mean the game moves at quite a pace on even the most humblest of of PCs. I'm just going to ask: Was it something? A style you always had in mind, or was it to embellish some gameplay mechanics? For example, the worms that hide in bushes and stuff, which are I find intensely annoying. But I can see why you put them in because yeah. you're like, oh, I'm safe here. What's that movie? Oh, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, could you tell us a bit about that? How that came? Because you already mentioned it before about how it's. Right. But I'm just wondering, has have you found it to? enhance the gameplay mechanics in some way by accident or by design or a bit of both um it was mostly just working i think the whole game is just mostly working within my limitations right. um i try to i try to see i like i can't compete with like high poly ultra realistic stuff you know i don't even know how to do that i guess i could work with an artist but i didn't want to i, I want to do it myself and when you have these limitations about you know just style and just really not not really putting hours into it, but really thinking about how everything's going to work and just keeping it a bit minimal. I, I wouldn't call the, the game minimalistic or anything, but I, I, like, I wanted the walls to be really simple because it would be easy to me to generate the levels and kind of get this identity really clear for the player. Okay. So I, I, went, I went with the walls, like, really colorful, and then the enemies black to contrast with the walls. That was, like, initially what I was trying to do. And then as it started growing, I started adding more stuff and just kind of setting these colors. And like you said, the snakes are actually, I think, my favorite thing about the game. I love YouTubers getting scared by the snake. It's, like, the best for me. <laughs> just that kind of thing, you know, it just kind of grew, and I started adding stuff and, and playing around and... I did want to keep it very simple as far as textures and colors, just so it would run well. Because, I mean, I don't want to spend that much time just optimizing everything when I got to make the whole game. You know, just keep it simple again and just focus on the colors and the choices that you're making. When when I was making the game, that was more important than, you know, just fleshing out and having a bunch of stuff. Yeah, the, Although, core, the core is still there. Of course, it is. <coughs> yeah. the game itself is fine, more than fine. It's fantastic, but it's you know this visual style is quite, you know. You do I, a double I do take think that it. I do just I I guess I enjoy it, and there aren't that many games. In the games, like low poly is kind of becoming a big thing now, which I'm 
excited about because I love it. But mm. uh, I just felt at the time where, you know, everyone else is making like the the realistic stuff. Why not just do the opposite? You know, just make it really colorful and see see how it goes. See yeah. if it works out. Yeah. Sure. Well, I think it has. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. I think it's <laughs> part of the game now. It's like it's this big sort of branding almost. Yeah. So this last question... I, I, I fear that it might be a bit of a cop-out question, but it isn't because I do ask it of other developers as well, regardless of the mm-hmm. game. But it's only because only certain games, I believe, demand this question to be asked. Because okay. your game, specifically Heavy Bullets, is goes against so much of the you know the the current that this mm-hmm. question has to be asked. What okay. is the one thing? Only one, you can only offer one thing that you tell a player as they sit down to play your game. One tip you'd give them before they even did anything. But not tell them how to play it. You've already explained the game. Just the one playing tip that you would tell them to do. Or not do. Just take it slow. <laughs> you got to take it slow with the game. Yeah, check your corners and take it slow. That's... You you still gotta learn a lot of stuff. I after we figured this out, but you know mm-hmm. if you already know how to shoot and pick up your bullets, like the basics, the part where you start getting the game, when is I think you mentioned this already. It's when you stop rushing into the new areas. You know, just kind of scope things out and aggro enemies. That that's when you you start getting good at the game. You're still gonna die a lot after this, and you know figure out the enemies and items. But that's like the first thing I. I actually have this on the readme. It's like take it slow. Don't don't rush into places. That's how you won't die so much. For yeah. sure. I just wanted to sort of uh, make that point absolutely clear, everyone. When you you, you fire up this game, and uh, by the way, it's available on PC, Windows PCs right now. Or yeah, it's it Windows, Mac, and Linux. It's on Steam or the Access. And uh, Steam and it's also on Humble. Bundle, isn't it, and stuff like that? Yeah, it's on Humble and uh, on the website. It's heavybullets.com. Yeah. There is a widget there, yeah. Yeah, check it out, heavybullets.com. Say it just one more time. It's a fantastic cool. game. Terry, thank you so, so much for sharing your thoughts and your background and how you come to make this incredible game. Um, awesome, man. This was great. Thank I, you so much for having me. It's, uh, I do wish you the best of luck in it, uh, in its future development, and also any future project you've got. In hand, no doubt you've got something else in the back of your head, or maybe even actually started. I don't know. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm really looking forward to more work coming out of um, out of yourself. So um, thank you very much for sharing your time with us today. This was awesome, man. Thanks so much. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review, and you can also, don't forget, listen to us on stitcher.com so just go to stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there you just look up the sausage factory and you can find us that'd be great you can follow me on twitter at chris o'regan no apostrophes and uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer you listen to the show and want your game featured on it please do email me at chris at spong.com bye